Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast, brought to you by Tap 14, Tap 14 at 1920 Blake Street, uh, right atop uh, the Haters and Company roof there, about a stone's throw from the home plate entrance at Coors Field. You can be there in literally seconds. I counted. It's seconds. It's not that wow. many. So you can walk right up there. Were you sprinting, uh, though, for, like, the beers and the alcohol? Or uh, It's hot. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sprinting, but but I am looking forward to getting over there with All 70 right. uh, Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, and uh, not only do they have that great menu, but there are misters. That helps with the hot part. Yes. So you get out of the hot Rockies game uh, on, on uh, days where they're having those day games, or it's still... One of these nights like it was uh, last night where it was still 80-something when I left the uh, the stadium. So uh, it's a perfect place to go pre-game, post-game, even when they don't have games going on. And football season's coming around, too. Uh, they're still open. So uh, stop by there and check them out at tap14.com. Spell that out, tap14.com. My name is Sean Drotar. As it always is, as I'm always here with you for all of these. But uh, it's the second member of the team that sometimes rotates out a bit, hence the irregulars part. It's not just the Sherlock Holmes uh, oh, that's why play it's, on okay. words. See, it's all a double right, thing. All right. Clever. This is what happens when you let writers host podcasts. <laughs> they, uh, they indulge themselves. Uh, you can follow me at Estrotar on Twitter, and you can follow uh, our host here, who you've heard uh, many times, not only on this podcast, but on the Broncos Blitz podcast and a bunch of other things at 5280 Sports Network. Follow him at RG Mile High. Ryan Green, how are you? I'm doing good. We're good. We're- especially after last night's game. Yes, boy, is that the game they need. Yeah. The Rockies, after dropping the opener to Detroit, come back. They get a, uh, a clutch home run by Nolan Arenado. Uh, they get a good, uh, they get a well, only seventh home run of the year out of DJ LeMahieu. And a very good, uh, it's a small thing, but a very good at bat. There was a sacrifice RBI for Carlos Gonzalez as he tr- continues to slowly try to work himself into being able to be a contributing part of this offense. But the, the story for me was Herman Marquez, who in six uh, and two-thirds innings, or pardon me, six and one-third innings, struck out ten guys and walked one. That's the recipe for success at Coors Field. Yes, he gave up a few runs. That's uh, the nature of, of pitching a Coors. But uh, that, to me, was pretty impressive. And I think when you look over the last uh, maybe nine, ten starts for Marquez, he is probably, I don't know if it's permanent, because I, I don't think he necessarily has the same kind of stuff and the array of pitches, but I think Herman Marquez is unquestionably at this point the Colorado Rockies' best starter. Oh, absolutely, especially, I mean, currently, like you were saying, I, we don't know if he will ever become, you know, or get to his potential where he, I could see him being better than John Gray, but absolutely, right now, at the moment, he is your best pitcher. Like you said, 10 strikeouts, one walk, Oof. that's a that's a good, it's a good way to get on Bud Black's good side. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's the pitching performance he likes to see. That's for sure. Jonathan Lucroy, after the game, the, the Rockies catcher who they added uh, right at the trade deadline, said that, that Marquez is the best pitcher he's ever caught at his age. Wow. Now, you know, Luke he's been on the team, what, two weeks? Yeah, <laughs> but, but Luke Roy's been around a, a while, yeah. and, and that's a lot of high praise. Wow. I also think that, quite frankly, Luke Roy deserves a little credit for it, too, yes. because I think, uh, you think about the majority of the season, the Rockies had four rookies in their rotation, and they were being caught by two relatively inexperienced catchers, mm-hmm. Tony Walters and Dustin Garneau. Garneau has now moved on, uh, but... In this case, Lucroy has naturally come in and taken the lion's share of, of those games. Have a guy that is, is an expert pitch framer who has the experience to especially navigate a pitcher through those second and third times through the lineups. 
I think it's been a very, very big deal. And, and it not only speaks to Lucroy's ability, but now we're seeing which Rockies pitcher, and I think Marquez is leading the way, which of those young guys are definitely going to stick in the big leagues. And I think we've seen, I think we've seen enough out of Freeland. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen uh, enough out of Marquez at this point, definitely. Senzatella is kind of on the bubble at this point. He, yeah. was, he was rushed and, and had to be up here for injury. Uh, I w- would be surprised if he doesn't go to winter ball and work on a, maybe another pitch that he can use as an out pitch. But uh, this has been a very interesting run. Greg Holland is, is maybe the biggest concern. Now, we've been looking That's at so the, wild the to think situations. About. <laughs> well, remember, since he came back from the injury where he had the, uh, the cut finger in mm-hmm. the kitchen accident, that's ever since then he really hasn't been very good. The control isn't very good. The slider seems to flatten out. It looks to me as if it's something with the grip, but I, I don't think the Rockies and Bud Black's given no indication want to move away from him as closer. What's what do you do when you when you don't necessarily trust your closer, but you, you don't have really anybody that's better. Right. Well, first I would check him for tetanus because maybe that's what's causing this this you know yeah. descent tetanus. right now. You've Got to watch that out for that and um, <laughs> you know any. Potential lockjaw, I think, is right. the thing you get when you. <laughs> Look, this. I'm I'm glad Bud Black has confidence in Greg Holland, and if you're asking me who the closer should be in the playoffs, it, even if they started today, I'm still saying okay, obviously it's Greg Holland, but I th- still think he needs a week off. I really do. I think he just needs a week off of rest and just not being around the game all the time and. I don't think Greg Holland is one of those guys where he gets inside his head, but when you're there and you're struggling and you really can't do it, it, it at least gets frustrating. I don't think he's he's completely imploding yet, but it's certainly frustrating. And especially when you are looking at, I mean, the month of September is basically all division. With, o- with yeah. only a series with the Marlins, and we know how that's gone recently to uh, to break it up. Yes. I, you know what? I, I think you, you've hit on it, Ryan, of what, the Rockies should probably take a look at doing. Mentally, you don't necessarily want to tell the team or tell Holland, you're not our starter anymore. Yeah. You're going to get it back, but for the I'm going to have you work eighth innings for a while. That's probably not the fix. Maybe the fix is you have the new 10-day DL. Uh, maybe we just, you know, they talk to Holland like, your arm feel a little stiff? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. You know, why don't we do the 10-day DL? Figure not healing right. Right. You're, yeah. you're still our closer. Mm. Let's take let's take 10 days. You know, get, get feel a little better. We'll have Nishik and, uh, and and company maybe close those out in the meantime, and, mm-hmm. and then you come back and, and you know they're they're not our closer; they're just holding the fort while you're down. And yeah. I, I, I'm starting to think that that's probably the best thing the Rockies could do for Holland to get him right. But the question is, as we look at the schedule, can they afford to yeah. do it? Because it, you can't put him on the DL, and you got to bring up somebody else who's not as talented a pitcher. For those 10 days. And the odds are it's probably someone who's going to have to get into a couple of these games that are really, really important. So that it's a weird spot that they're in. I don't know if you take a veteran like Holland and, and hope that he can fight through it. But but my instinct says the same as you. Maybe the 10-day DL, a week and a half off, rest, leave the baseball alone, let your finger heal. You know, Try not to overexert yourself because you're dealing with grip or whatever it is. And then you don't disrupt maybe the the apple cart that is in the locker room with the right. everybody has the, knows in the clubhouse exactly what their role is. But it's a uh, it's something to watch going forward uh, for sure. So I'm I'm intrigued to see where they go with that. But as we record this, this Detroit series will come to a close. They have the rubber match today, and I'm so upset it's a rubber match. It, 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 it seemed like the feel, series that yeah. you could at least get some momentum going into Arizona. San Fran and the Dodgers. It really doesn't feel like it should be. And, and that is absolutely something that's extraordinarily frustrating. So for 
for the Rockies, who have really limped through this last part of August, they still find themselves in good position. And after winning uh, last night, they gained a full game on the Brewers, who mm-hmm. lost. Yes, we are at that point in the season, fans. Yes. Where you're scoreboard watching. Uh, the Rockies, as we record this now on Wednesday, four ahead of the Brewers, five and a half ahead of the Cardinals and the Marlins, uh, who, as we know, thumped the Rockies uh, rather soundly. So, uh, coming up after this Detroit series, well, and I don't want to look too far ahead, but... It's September. Yeah, it's September and it's a big one. Let's see. Because we started off on Friday with the Arizona Diamondbacks, the team the Rockies are chasing Mm -hmm. for that top spot in the wild card. They're two behind right now, so the Rockies could take care of business. No matter what happens today, the Rockies could take care of business and take that top wild card spot with a good series against the Diamondbacks. Ryan, when you take a look at that, knowing that uh, a potential wild card game between the Rockies and Diamondbacks or Rockies and anybody, the Rockies at home, they have a good shot at winning that game. The Rockies on the road, especially in Arizona, where uh, presumably Zach Greinke would start and he's been electric. That's a bad fit. How important is this series mentally and not only in the standings because, remember, every game the Rockies lose, you lose a full game on this. Uh, right. If they take one of three, you know, obviously if they sweep, amazing, they'll be in mm-hmm. first. If they take only one of three against the Diamondbacks, how much trouble are they in? Where does your panic meter go if on a scale from one to ten? See, my panic meter would at least increase. I don't know how much it would increase, but if they go one for three against Arizona at home, that's where I'm worried about because then you got four on the road in Arizona mid-September, and that's after four on the road against the Dodgers. So that's not a stretch you're looking forward to playing. So if I'm the Rockies, and this is why I'm not a manager, but I'm looking at this month as a sandwich month, okay? All we have to do is get through the top and the bottom okay. The middle's going to be a bitch because it's the Dodgers him the Diamondbacks at their places. But if you can win the majority of, again, the next three games against Arizona, then the next three games against San Francisco, then you close out the season with two series against the Padres, a short series against the Giants, then Miami. I mean, those are, you, you got to look at real, look at it realistically. And I know that, you know, the Rockies fans and maybe some of the Rockies players and coaches still Remember the beginning of the season when they were winning series after series after series. I don't know if you can look at it that way. I think you just need to take the wins where you really should be winning the game. You know, you see three at home against Coors Field. That should be two out of three, no problem. I understand, you know, you you, you lose one game to the Diamondbacks, not to the Tigers. You shouldn't be losing to the Tigers. But those are the kind of games you, you should be winning, you, or series you should be winning. So if they get one out of three against the Diamondbacks, and then they, you know, they... I don't know. That that would that would cause my panic meter to go a little bit. Yeah. yeah, because think about this: that they'll close this homestand, and it's a massive homestand, nine-game homestand, seven left. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll finish the series with Detroit today. Then you have Arizona. Then you have San Francisco. To my mind, Ryan, if if the Rockies want to feel like they're still in good playoff position, heading out of this homestand, where as you pointed out, it's four on the road against the Dodgers, followed by four on the road against the Diamondbacks, an eight-game roadie against the two most dangerous teams in their division. I think they have to win five out of these seven games. And I, yeah. I don't, and two of them have to be against Arizona. <laughs> yes. So uh, 
that makes today's game, you know, closing out with, with Detroit, uh, a big one. And, and in, the, in the Rockies' case, they've made their life a little harder over the course of this month by losing games, uh, dropping the opener to Detroit, you know, having games where they barely snuck away with a single win in Kansas City, losing two to the Brewers. I mean, it's been a month where you go over the, the, the record in August and, and all you see, it feels like, is missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. They're fortunate that it hasn't cost them more than it already has. But it feels like, to me, they need to win five out of these last seven because by the time we check back in on one of these podcasts, when September 7th starts against the Dodgers in L.A., uh, that's going to be the, the the real rubber hits the road there for the Rockies. And we will find out in that final stretch if this is the team that they've looked like they are all year. So it, it will be something to watch. So, uh, you're right, in Denver, not just football, and that's okay. I know yeah. you know that because you downloaded this podcast. And thank you very much. <laughs> Well, while you do that, make sure you, you when you're in Denver, swing by Tap 14. Uh, check them out. Like I said, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 uh, different distilled spirits, all from Colorado, all local. It's your Colorado place. And, oh, by the way, if you haven't had any beer in this state before, it's pretty good here. So uh, they, they carry all of it. So make sure you uh, stop by there when you can. 1920 Blake Street. And check them out at tap14.com. Spell out the number, tap14.com. Uh, we will be back. Uh, uh, either this week or next week. Expect to hit one on Friday. Uh, All things that go the way we hope. And then back after a hopefully successful Arizona series on Monday. Fingers crossed. Yeah, either Uh, way, we'll have a lot to talk about. I hope it's a a positive Monday mood. Hope it's happy drinking. Everything else on a a Monday. Well, it'd be some good news (laughs) for the Rockies. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. For Ryan Green, make sure to follow him, RG Mile High on Twitter. My name is Sean Drotar. You can catch me at SDrotar on Twitter or when the morning shows on Mile High Sports, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. with my co-host Nate Lundy and TJ Carpenter or on demand at any time at milehighsports.com. Thank you for listening. This is the Blake Street Irregulars. We'll catch you next time. This has been a 5280 Sports Network production.